Welcome to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design. We're here today with Chandler Kellogg. His company is called Hot Button, and it's a sales enablement and growth marketing company. And he's been in the marketing space for years now, so he's got lots of stories to share with us. Chandler, first of all, you were just telling me you have two businesses you run at the same time and why you think it's actually a superpower. Yeah, so one of the things that we, that we touched on first is is something that I say on the marketing side a lot is that a lot of people reach out to a marketing agency when they really need sales help. So my experience, I've been in basically every category of marketing. So I used to, even before I got formally into marketing, I did like set design and theater. I did broadcasting. I did a lot of that, like really kind of real world creative lighting, you know, shot framing. So like I can speak intelligently about what I'm like looking for. And I use a lot more specific language than a lot of people who don't have that background like usually most people have an intense like in intrinsic sense of if something's off but they don't know why it's off so they won't be able to say hey the kerning is off the spacing is off your color contrast ratios are off so like i can give really specific feedback there on the creative side and then i've moved into websites and, and seo and kind of figured out especially like in the seo category there's some stuff that you can check off the box pretty quickly but then there's stuff that has either really long turnaround time or what I found, especially on the industrial side and a lot of the industries that I like to work in is the big old school, big budget is so much of it is like, it doesn't matter how technically competent you are as a marketer. It matters if you can get the political buy-in even in a, a company to execute on stuff. So like I kind of started to look for the things that are the easiest to get the foot in the door and to prove results quickly, which is like why my main focus is if you hire me, I will ring the cash register and I will make sure that you are earning more money than you are paying me. Because fundamentally, that's what everyone is hiring a marketing agency for, whether they say that or not, is they're like, I'm hiring you to build and expand my business because I don't know how. And I want you to recommend that. I want you to execute on it professionally. And I should see a ROI that is break even or more than what I am paying you. And I think that's what a lot of people miss. And this is where kind of to answer the second part of your question, why do I have like two businesses is that's the part that I think a lot of marketers struggle with is they have an attitude of a lot of times, like, this is my job. I only do my job. If someone else isn't doing their job, it's not my job to do their job. And it's like, that is true. And everyone should enforce strong professional boundaries. But the reality is if you want to be that like, 10x performer and the people that you just get these amazing referrals and reviews are the people who go the extra mile so i'm i've always been where it's like i i hit a friction point i try to make something right but then i figure about how i can make that better in the future and a lot of that has been asking an intelligent line of questioning to figure out what people really want because usually when they're looking for marketing they actually want a solutions partner who does more probably more than just marketing which is also why i've started to advance into sales enablement because what i would see on that side is and, and i'll try to cut this off so i don't just ramble the whole time but it's like i could be a marketing agency running a really well dialed in paid creative campaign but if i'm not the one who's fixing their landing pages and it's broken then that sucks and then if their sales team takes two weeks to follow up on that those leads they get bad performance from that but i still get fired as the agency and even though that wasn't in my job description it wasn't in the scope of work with what we discussed I still get fired because the results were bad, but they weren't bad because they're my fault. So like my entire professional career has been like trying to play whack-a-mole with my service offerings to try to find that of like, the problem with marketing is that a lot of times are people coming with to a marketing agency with the knowledge that they have and you have more and you need to figure out what is the real 
pain point and how can I solve this even if it's not exactly what they're asking me for, if that makes sense. It does. Something you mentioned was with SEO specifically, short versus long payoffs. What are some examples of both? So this applies to, I think, the business side as well. So like in electronics repair, and this is one that I quote a lot, is like, are you asking for a Ferrari when you really need a Honda or a Toyota? And I see that all the time. And so I think that's like people will get stuck over engineering something. And some of the people like me who are more like bleeding edge, shiny th new things, like I love, tr I love trialing new tools that are coming out. I love playing with all the new tech, but that's not what's right for everybody. And so like on the electronics repair side, like if someone, if it's an 80 year old grandmother, I'm not going to recommend her a custom built PC. <laughs> like it's just not the right solution. So, and, but that's exactly the problem is, and so in this scenario, sticking with green, green screen repairs and electronics repair, it'll be something like her grandson recommended her to do this custom gaming PC because he's a gamer. And then she's like, well, my grandson's tech savvy. I want that too. And it's like, that's not what's right for you. And I think that's a big problem that happens in marketing and sales broadly is it's like, you'll get a referral from someone you trust of what worked for them, but you have an entirely different use case. And so for like SEO, like it, a lot of times this is what happens is like, they'll, it'll be two business people and I'm in a lot of networking groups. So I see this happen in real time and they'll be like, SEO worked really great for me. I'm sure it'll work for you. And then they go out and look for an SEO agency, even if that's not the best fit for what they actually need, but that's what their friend told them. It worked for their friend and they're like, I want SEO. And you're like, that's not, that's not what you need, at least not yet, or it's not the only thing you need. Right. You're saying you're a big adopter of new technologies. Have you been a big AI user then? Oh yeah. From the jump, even before it really popped off. Like I was playing with GPT, some of the earlier ones in Dolly before they even had like the user-friendly interface, but, and I was ringing the bell a while ago when I started to see this, these coming out and I was like, we need to be jumping on this because this is also the difference. And, and I have a creative background, so I can appreciate the appeal. Like I worked with a lot of people who are purist artists and I'm also a business person. A lot of artists love art. They love it because they love the process. They aren't necessarily trying to become rich off of it. And business's use case for art is I want to get art as cheap as possible. That does the job. <laughs> and so it's two different things. Like I, th I think there's still such a, an amazing use case for people that make like handmade art and all kinds of things like that. But the business use case is it's, you're just trying to get something cheap that does the job. And I think I have a lot of ideas about this and it's almost like something that could be an, an entirely separate category. But the thing is, is that a lot of like social media platforms too are restricting your targeting options or they're trying to push more of an AI algorithm. So a lot of the levers that media buyers can pull is increasingly having better creative. And the best agencies know that and are catching up to that is that creative is really at the end of the day, like I can do a lot of like targeting optimization, deliver, like deliverability, targeting. I can do all kinds of stuff to get like 1% click-through rate to two and a half percent click-through rate. But if you're better creative, would blow that up to a four, it doesn't matter how good of a media buyer you are. So I think the best media buyers know that there's stuff that you have to do on the targeting side, on the attribution side, all that. You have to check a lot of boxes, but creative is the biggest lever. And a lot of businesses don't realize that because they talk to a very intelligent media buyer who can tell them all these fun things and then they don't get any budget for creative. And so you have this like really very talented media buyer working with God awful creative, sending it to a broken landing page and then that agency gets fired. <laughs> I've seen it happen so many times. 
Yeah, I say people should test the creative organically a lot before they even start paying for clicks on it. And that's that's a big thing that I've advocated for recently. And when, what I've really been trying to work on is I, I kind of, like I said, I went the website development to SEO route and then kind of got into paid. And I'm going back almost into organic with a better mindset of, I think you become like if you're a media buyer or marketing agency, and even if you're a paid specialist, I think you should, first of all, I think you should specialize. I think you should be, they call it like the T-shaped marketer, get really good at one thing. And I would say that one deep level of knowledge for me is basically it's like conversion rate optimization, technical SEO, and then paid search specifically with like Google and Meta. Those are areas where I'm strong depth of knowledge. All the other stuff I, varies, but I can at least intelligently engage people in those categories and know what I'm looking for. So like for, if I'm troubleshooting SEO issues where I know a developer can fix it faster, I can at least flag it and find it, but I can be like, hey, you're a developer, you can fix this 10 times faster than I could. So that's what makes you become kind of that 10x marketer is master one or two categories, but then learn enough about the others to speak about it intelligently to figure out how it comes together into a strategy. I have a specific example I want to ask you about. So sure. I do a lot of YouTube short content for a couple of my companies now, right? And one of the things I sell is blenders. So I have a piece of organic content, a smoothie being made, right? And it worked. 5,000 views, 10% likes, 50 likes. Is that a strong enough piece of organic content to be like, okay, now I can go and take this and do paid ads on it? There's a lot of caveats for that, but also I don't like marketers who just give you a response that says it depends. So. Couple things on the organic side. So I think one of the things that I recommend is rather than wanting on running on one platform, you can well, I think there's a couple challenges. So for social, you have platform risk, and this is very apparent with TikTok right now. TikTok is at a very real risk of being banned in the US. If you built your entire business on TikTok and that gets banned overnight, you're toast. And so what I would recommend there is I think you can also then especially if there's a smaller marketing team, you can be promoting on too many platforms. So like what I've been working on right now, like my personal accounts, I'm very active text focused just for my personal accounts, Twitter and LinkedIn. They're very complementary because they have similar formats, just mostly text-based or threads. And then on like green screen repairs, I'm mostly active on Instagram reels. And so even if TikTok gets banned, I can still, I have something that I can salvage with reels. And then I would probably also start posting to shorts. So all that is to say specifically for your question is, I think you should be publishing on at least two platforms. So in your case, if you're on shorts, you should also be cross posting that to TikTok or reels. I think that controls for algorithmic differences. Like I've seen stuff pop off way more on TikTok than on reels. And, and I've also seen stuff pop off way more on reels than on TikTok. So you wanna have that control aspect. And I think you also need to change your creative production pipeline to where you can make those differences more easily. Because for example, like reels, I could be wrong, this changes all the time, but I'm pretty sure it's a minute and 30 cap, whereas TikTok is up to 10 minutes now. So I cut both, most of my videos, I cut down to 90 anyways, so it's easy for me to cross post on the platforms, but you also have to be careful about that because if you share, if you download an export specifically from TikTok with the, with the icon in the corner, they can, I've heard, they can detect that. And like on Facebook, that will get less performance than it would if you just import, export it directly from CapCut and it doesn't have that logo and I re-edit it. So that's actually what I do is I, I, I do the rough edit in CapCut and then I do the polishing touches, which is mostly just the captions and the thumbnails native in platform. And that's something that I think a lot of businesses mess up is the actual distribution of that creative. So like something that I see in the B2B space a lot is like they're still trying to do ebook downloads when now like LinkedIn 
carousels, you can post document carousels where you can scroll through the whole carousel. So if your target click rate, click through rate is like between one and 3%, 97% still don't see it. So even if that's a success in a media buying world, still 97% of the people didn't see it. You should have posted that to be natively consumed in LinkedIn. So in your specific area, I would say, make sure that it's optimized for that platforms. I'm not as familiar, I'm familiar with YouTube, but not as much YouTube shorts. Work with a platform expert who's in that space. And I think uh, beyond that, I, you had some of the details. It was about like 5,000 views. What was the other question yeah, on so, there? So let's say this particular, so I do the cross posting, right? Mm -hmm. Which is definitely a good tip. So 5,000 views on the YouTube short format with 50 likes, so 10% engagement. Then on TikTok, let's say I get 1,000 views and maybe 30 likes. So less engagement or and so is it is it enough is that strong enough i mean it's actually more engagement three what i'm at three percent and i'm at ten percent am i getting enough engagement to then say okay i'm gonna throw a thousand dollar budget at this piece of creative mm -hmm. yeah so i think it's really it's it's depending on your creative throughput so all, if all of your other videos are getting a thousand and that one got five thousand sure if all your other videos are getting ten thousand and that got five thousand maybe not i think the other challenge too is that there are a lot of businesses where it's not always the best idea to just take your top winner organic post and then throw paid spend behind it because sometimes those aren't like optimized for funnel. Like my general thought process when I'm consulting with people on whether to do kind of an organic social strategy versus paid is really your creative throughput. This is gonna be super, super broad rule of thumb. But in general, if you're a business and you wanna be running paid, you're probably gonna be, and we're talking about like small businesses here. So this would be like, most of the time you need to have a budget that's somewhere between like two and 5,000 a month for one channel to do it right. You can do it with less, you can do it on other channels, but what I've seen usually between two and 5,000 and you wanna be running with three to five creative ad sets that have kind of different targeting, a variety of targeting, messaging, whatever. And then you're rotating in two to three more every month and you're kind of evaluating the winners because even the winners will have a performance decline over time that's called ad fatigue and it also varies on the platform. So like TikTok, your ad fatigue happens within a month. Facebook, sometimes you can stretch it up to like three months if, depending on how good that creative is. So that you're, you wanna monitor your decay rate there you want to monitor the performance and i think the challenge is to your point most of the stuff that you're going to post on organic is usually entertainment or education so it's top of funnel most of the things that i'm recommending for paid spend is closer to mid or bottom funnel so unless it's something that kind of has more of a clear cta and you can tie it to a product page or landing page it doesn't always translate well to paid so what i would say is in your evaluation is maybe the angle and hook worked well but evaluate like do i is this close enough to where i can transition it to more of a bottom funnel spend or is it something that's top of funnel and i can still put you know spend behind it because i want more people to see it but i don't necessarily like i'm not trying to push people through to my website to a conversion action so that's that's the question in your cases is, is this a top of funnel or is this a mid or bottom funnel cta and hook and then when i'm putting paid spend behind it you usually have to have a destination i'm like do i want this to go to a home page a blog page an awareness thing or do i want it to go to a conversion transaction item i mean that's a really good point because in this specific example right you're doing a smoothie recipe and people it's asmr feel people like watching the blender it's i sell the blender it's my brand so there's that brand awareness but if i'm paying for an ad i want sales I don't, I don't care if there's awareness, I can get awareness for free. And so how do you get, and this is more of a hypothetical, how do you turn that entertainment value 
into a paid ad with a call to action, but yet still get that engagement. And that's kind of the magic formula, right? Yeah, well, and what I'm saying too is, is this also is industry dependent. So this is also part of my consultation of whether I recommend organic or paid is the other problem is I worked with a lot of medical, financial, this is anything that has to go through legal approval process, usually before posting, or at least a decision by committee, is those move a lot slower and they approve things slower. So organic, I really, a lot of times don't even recommend organic unless, and this is for small businesses, unless the company wants to help produce that content because it's going to be too expensive to, not in every case, but a lot of times it's going to be too expensive for an agency to do it as well. And they don't know the business as well as you do. They're not as passionate as you are. You, most of the time the business is going to make better organic content. So what I would rather do on the organic side is like give you the tools to make better organic content and help you get up to closing, you know, at least a day daily or every other day. And if you don't have the ability to do that kind of creative throughput, then you need to do paid ads because you can, the difference in my opinion is like every time you're doing organic social, you do one post, you get one at that. The difference is uh, paid ads is I can, send you the same message over and over and over and frequency cap it, but that's also where you get ad fatigue. Cause it's like, if I've seen the same ad a million times, I'm tuning it out. So if you're in an industry where you need more layers of approval or you have a slower turnaround time, paid ads is probably gonna be the way to go. And in terms of yours, I think you have to evaluate and the actual creative is like maybe the hook worked and the watch time was good, but maybe I need to slightly edit this or refilm it. So like the hook was good, but maybe I need to change it to be a little bit more of a CTA, a purchasing CTA at the end of the video, the start of the video. So you have to play with that. So you could potentially just pull it, run paid, spend behind it, tie it to a product page, but you might have to kind of re-edit it for that. Like a big, an example too, is that something that's annoying that a lot of people, a lot of people think is annoying, but like YouTubers, they'll be like, don't forget to like, and subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. It's like, People don't like that, but a lot of YouTubers do it because without that CTA prompt, so many people forget. And so it's like, would you rather have that extra little ask of friction that's probably going to really boost your conversion rates or not do it? And then people will still convert and subscribe. But sometimes just that little kick in the butt is enough to make the difference. Yeah, I hear you on that. I, I hate listening to people say it, but I say it every time <laughs> because... Yeah you do get a higher conversion rate when you do it. They need that yeah. reminder like, hey, I'm struggling here. Just like it, please. Yeah. <laughs> Putting a lot of time and effort here. So Chandler, if one of our listeners wanted to like, comment, subscribe, or reach out to you, how would they do so? Yeah, so my LinkedIn is probably the easiest way for me personally. I have a link tree on there that goes to my booking link, my marketing agency's booking link, and the electronics pair. If you're close to Charleston, South Carolina, you need uh, phone, tablet, computer, game system fixed. I can help with that. It's on there. But yeah, more broadly, I would say the biggest thing too, and this is this is almost where I've pivoted my strategy too, is like, I think if you're someone who realizes that you don't have the money to spend that two to 5,000 at the minimum, but you still, everyone still needs to get a lifeblood in their business. So it's like, I have the ability to put out organic content. I don't have the ability to put a lot of paid spend behind it right now. So based on that discussion that we had earlier is then I have to crank out more content and so i think that's what i would tell people in that area too if they want to connect with me and connect with like-minded people is like i've gotten great success with both local and online networking events now and do homework and research and join some of those groups hit people up linkedin slack groups discord groups try a bunch of different ones like i would say no more than 10 and then stick with the two or three that are adding a lot of value for you
Yeah, these are some great tips. Well, thank you, Chandler, for being on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah.